This is the Epilog Audio Experience. Hey listeners, if you find value from this podcast and more, make sure to drop a review because it helps us reach more listeners. And while you're at it, please share the episode with a friend who'll enjoy it too. Thanks for listening. Just staying focused on on the mission and making sure that saying no to things at the at the time when it should be uh, to make sure that this is the most important act, you know item that they want to sort of deal with. I think that has been great learning, at least personally that I have seen. On this episode of Jamstead's podcast, I'm pleased to have Viral Jani, country head at Timesbridge, a venture firm that has invested in some marquee global startups, the names of which, by the way, you'll hear during the course of a conversation. I was curious to know actually what Viral does at Timesbridge and thought it would be interesting to hear his perspectives. So, welcome on Jamstead's Real. Thanks for doing this. Hi, Hardik. So great to be here on your show. Thank you for calling me and yeah, excited to to talk to you about this. Fantastic. Viral, I must ask you, uh, what is it that you do? Because I was really curious. I understand that Times Bridge is part of the Times Group Network and that's all the contacts that I have. Please mm-hmm. enlighten us a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll quickly introduce Times Bridge first and then um, I can tell you what I do there, right? So, sure. Uh, Times Bridge is the global investments and venture arm of the Times Group. Um, Times Group, as we know, is you know, India's largest and uh, most diversified media company, but it also is uh, largest and most diversified digital technology company. Um, so, you know, as a part of uh, such a big group, uh, what we do is we ally with uh, some of the world's most purposeful companies, uh, which are, you know, path-breaking, innovative, uh, category-creating on their own ways, right? Uh, and we help them enter India, help them navigate through the technology you know, the complexities and nuances of a, of a country as wide and big as India, right? So that's what we do. So uh, we, we essentially invest in these companies, we partner with them, we help them navigate in India. Uh, and, and we do this by putting together a very, very, I would say, uh, robust and interesting playbook that we have developed over almost a decade now that we've been in existence. So, uh, you know, it, it is a pretty, pretty, uh, I would say, robust playbook, which encompasses uh, an entire sort of go-to-market strategy for for these companies. Uh, It it can widely range from, say, government relationships to helping making policy decisions to uh, connecting with industry bodies, helping in hiring decisions, uh, creating localized brand voice, programming influence by connecting with the right stakeholders in in the country, uh, to, of course, um, you know, giving them nuances of uh, what will work in India, what won't work in India, uh, giving, I would say, product uh, localization hacks to, to enable, make, uh, enable enabling their products being accessible to India and so on and so forth. So it's a pretty, pretty, I would say, uh, you know, wide ranging playbook that we have developed. Um, and we are really proud of, uh, you know, the, the portfolio that we have built and the companies uh, that we have worked with. So, um, you know, from Uber, Airbnb, Coursera, uh, to Headspace, uh, you know, to, to Stockwits, to Smule, Wattpad. Uh, it's a very, very diversified uh, portfolio of companies that we work with. And it's a uh, it's a it's been an honor to sort of uh, you know work with some of the best founders and and some of the most best best minds in the world honestly uh, to kind of help them enable India. So broadly, that's what we do. Um, I specifically, you know, I'm the country head of Times Bridge. So what I my my job is to enable 
uh, and oversee the success uh, of uh, of the portfolio, right? So uh, I have uh, I have a team which essentially works with uh, works with uh, these you know eclectic set of companies that we uh, we have on our portfolio to to kind of enable success for them. So I've been part of TimeSpritch for now four and a half years. Uh, it's uh, it's been a phenomenal journey, I would say, and um, I've been kind of you know the 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 team that I have built is I'm really proud of that team as well. So uh, we have some of the best in the industry that who works with us from a very varied set of backgrounds. Again, uh, as and we have to have such a team because we we put together such a uh, such an interesting model um, and and so so most of these companies that we work with at least in the initial phase do not even need to have an, an, an india you know entity or or even like an india uh, team because we would do the majority of the heavy lifting on their behalf and we essentially run these companies till the time they find their feet over here so I want to unpack a few things so one certainly is very very importantly that you mentioned that you are offering a array of services to a company which is which is interesting not only from an investment standpoint but only also uh, operational standpoint as well uh, which is generally uh, a major heavy lifting like you mentioned uh, needed uh, yeah. not only from the startup but even from the investing side as well i'm curious to know the range of services that you're providing uh, was this organic in terms of development or did you start off with let us just fund and bridge the gap between bringing them to india or did you already start off with okay there are these 10 services that a startup would require in india you know let's give it all to them yeah so i think uh, it's a good question and we always knew uh, that you know these companies who we were particularly interested in partnering with i mean they are they are, they are they are marquee companies on their own right right i mean um investment per se or just getting cash is very easy for these companies because they would have uh, we typically would would work with companies which are in, at a growth stage and and beyond right so uh, so i think that was very easy and i think we obviously as a group and some of the founding you know members of the of the company times bridge itself um we had certain um expertise and and uh, i would say the legacy that we bring up from a group's perspective and the the strengths that we bring overall um i think that was uh, one of the key things that we already had an idea that you know this would be hugely valuable for any um any company that is looking at uh, india right and i think that's why so so we did have from right from i would say the get go uh, we we did put together at least a initial playbook uh, obviously that got refined and developed over a period of time but uh, we definitely had a uh, i would say the bare bones uh, structure in mind in terms of the playbook and the kind of services that we would offer to our partners so that started off as that um, and i'll tell you why uh, why that right so I, again um, you know i personally have experience and some of our other uh, you know my colleagues have also experienced is that a lot of global companies um, you know look at india obviously with a lot of uh, excitement it's a massive market one of the fastest growing economies in the world and everything right i mean it ticks all the right boxes um uh, also it is english forward like so at least the i would say 125 to 150 million like english speaking audience or in, or audience which understands english uh, is very global looking uh, you know very happy to adopt like global products mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. so it's very easy for to get initial success in india 
uh, anyone sitting out of San Francisco running a Facebook campaign can actually get a you know million users, and and mm-hmm. that can a lot of global companies mistake that as success in India. Uh, so we 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 deeply believe that um, you know India suffers from sometimes like our superficial market entry syndrome, uh, mm-hmm. and we we want to kind of uh, solve that right. And I think that's where our investment thesis kind of lies is that we we want to go. Uh, deep with these partners that we have so so we we are very selective in who we work with so we are very uh, it's important for us to uh, also see the commitment that the companies have from their side uh, towards india and and that's where we will come in right so we want to that's why go beyond just running and and getting like a million users and that's why there's such a array of um, i would say the playbook that we have put together so generally when a a uh, social media company or or let's let's put it a tech company wants to enter india mm. um do you feel that there are certain and very very important friction points uh, which your background brings in in helping navigate this issue so for example when uh, i was reading up about you you bring a lot of uh, media experience with you uh, media buying ad sales of that nature um yeah. your founding team like you mentioned with satyan and rishi are are uh, established media leaders themselves um yeah. what is it that you mentioned right like about having a playbook that you already had established from the get go what hmm. were these important friction points that you were able to identify uh, is necessary for an international company to enter india yeah i think i think there are a few things right so um, i would say that first and foremost you know scratching the surface and beyond just going the the initial uh, success that you may get from you know running a, a performance marketing campaign on facebook i think immediately you will start hitting into a few roadblocks so let's say understanding the cultural nuances i think just the i think culture is a big big factor uh, we strongly believe that um, having a culture forward approach and how to become part of the cultural zeitgeist of india is like a big problem that we solve um, and and i think that we we enable by uh, just making sure that um all all our partners and what we offer to their partners is essentially helping them create a localized brand voice to helping them uh connect with the right stakeholders and influencers and influential voices uh and i think those like so so culture is like a big factor i think that's one very very important factor to kind of uh, consider in some cases it would be like let's say regulatory challenges or uh, mm. just the fact that you know getting into the right i would say ecosystems to create connections with uh, the right stakeholders uh, with the policy makers and so on like i would think that's another sort of big factor mm-hmm. um and then third potential factor could be like let's say just the fact that india is such a big india itself has a very uh, robust um, local business ecosystem right so finding the right partners to 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 sort of create long term uh, strategic partnerships which 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 can be again a huge game changer for a lot of these global companies so i think these three factors in my view was like the the good biggest uh, uh, things that we kind of thought about and then we kind of created that playbook so you know generally uh, when a lot of um, venture firms want to reach out to startups or build a sector thesis or uh, deep expertise i'm i'm here wondering uh, the times bridge seems to be sector agnostic 
uh correct yeah. me if i'm wrong when i say this uh but yeah. I've, i've not been able to identify like okay are they into podcasting are they into like film streaming are they into design um mm-hmm. but but you are into like hospitality you are into edtech you are into transportation so how how do you wrap your head around these multiple sector expertise because it's generally very difficult to be a market leader in one sector here you are you know catering to so many yeah absolutely so i think um your 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 reading is absolutely right we are definitely sector agnostic in that sense so and i think one of the big reasons is that you know india has so much to offer right so in india as a as a market is is such a uh such a big opportunity for so many sectors so i think that's that's one of the big reasons why we want to stay sort of sector agnostic uh but you you will see some you know general trend that you may see so for example like consumer tech in general is a is a bit of a sort of good starting sweet spot that we have kind of hit upon uh mm-hmm. but having said that we also have uh partners who who are working with us on the enterprise tech side so 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 i think we want to sort of consciously uh diversify and make sure that there are different um you know market opportunities that we sort of dip into and i think the the way to sort of stay relevant i think it it kind of again comes back from from our backgrounds and how we have been able to essentially in our past past careers and and of course the groups expertise i mean again we as a group we essentially uh, uh, deal with all uh, sectors uh, right. for of domestic companies so i think there is a lot of learning and expertise that we can actually utilize to to kind of enable success for the global companies as well so i think it's a it's a very natural uh, sort of thing for a for a group like times group and of course we as individuals to sort of uh, be be sector agnostic so when you uh, individual and i'm talking about you as an individual in terms of strengths uh, do you do you identify certain uh, sectors that are your hot favorites i think um, i mean if you look at one one trend in our in our portfolio and this kind of also con personally uh, some of my past work ex also kind of deflects is the fact that social network is a big <laughs> big trend right so uh, mm. and social network and community i would say right so if you look at our portfolio so uh, from smule to whatpad to headspace uh, to uh, you know a uh, stack overflow they, these are all sort of um, uh, social networks in their own ways right they have they are very strong community uh, even airbnb for example right so, uh, mm. so like they, they these are all uh, strong um community sort of social networks so i think like obviously social network and my past experience of working with twitter and many more other sort of uh, social networks me as a partner from from media companies as a so so i think that is obviously a very big sweet spot for me personally um and then um, i think anything which is anything which is to do with um, just creating scale and and tap into a potential which which india has to provide right so i think beyond social network i would say like let's say gaming or let's say health tech uh, anything to do with uh, say d2c e-commerce and all of that so i think that these are i i feel like personally i'm super super passionate and super uh, bullish about um, and and yeah i think that's that's i i feel like there is lots that um, we as indians uh, indian consumers have been sort of uh, ab- have been able to do in in the recent times on you know utilizing technology so if you look at the 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 spread of technology of course it has it has happened and you know we have like al- almost 700 uh, million uh, internet users in the country but mm-hmm. uh, if you look at the trend 
in last three to four years and especially post covid the the number of things we as indian consumers do with technology is also increased you know it was mm-hmm. it was it was said very often about india like india is like oh, okay of course there are people are watching videos or using whatsapp and that was pretty much a lot of uh, people in tier 2 tier 3 towns used to do but now if you look at it the use cases are just kept have been kept on growing so i think that unlocks more and more potential for more and more different types of companies to sort of start catering to those needs right um, mm-hmm. and i think that is what is so interesting that we are seeing and that makes me uh, very confident about next few years of uh, in in terms of where our sort of um market is going interesting you're also invested in uh, mubi the film streaming app and uh, the social singing app smule and luminary the podcast network so while they are making inroads in india we've also seen the struggle with uh, netflix in terms of you know increasing subscription um i'm curious to know your perspective on what is it that um, these companies with with such resources do not get right about india i think we we obviously are a very uh, unique market right so i think coming back to my point about culture i think is is a while it's a very broad term i think um, if i were to sort of unpack uh, unpack that word a bit more so yes, i think please. Yes, understanding please. understanding the nuances of indian market uh, i think uh, sometimes global companies just sort of try to like offer services only to the very top of the pyramid of the country and i think one has to get into the the next layers i think uh, which which takes time which takes effort which takes investments um and which which needs dedication and of course local market ha- uh, know how right which is again uh, which is where we come in so at least at least what we for from our um our perspective what we have been doing with our partners is that we just don't uh, sort of leave it at the at the surface and i think uh, let me give you an example of smule right so smule for example has been uh, we've been working with them since 2018 um, mm-hmm. and we started off with a i would say like very uh, uh, specific type of like um, market entry sort of approach but then quickly we started scaling into the whole language ecosystem uh we we started partnering with artists across different languages we started having communities in in tier 2 tier 3 towns which has been phenomenal i think in terms of our you know impact that we were able to create so if you look at our some of the southern states actually uh have been far better performing compared to mm-hmm. let's say some of the northern states which mm-hmm. probably would not be the case with many technology companies right i think uh we see much better traction from let's say uh, a tier 2 tier 3 towns compared to let's say some of the metros and and what also ends up happening is that um you know the communities just feel uh, so much more empowered right i, I think i think so um, to answer your question i think one has to be more committed one uh, one has to be more uh, nuanced in their approach and i think that's what would would sort of differentiate success with with uh, not not so much of a you know a successful sort of approach and i think coming to your point about the the subscription revenue bit right i think i think um, i'm i'm very bullish about subscription revenue in india i think uh, you know with upi india has hit on to something which is so unique uh, mm-hmm. and i think um, uh, this it's only a matter of time before uh, you know india becomes a very serious sort of market for for creating you know online subscription revenues i mean i think one has to be you know innovative they when one will have to be uh, maybe the 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 different 
maybe the models which work in let's say us or european markets may not work over here right i think Mm -hmm. so i think that that will change and we will i'm sure there will be ways to sort of uh, hit upon the right models but but with upi i think is a game changer for india i mean we are already at what uh, 5 billion monthly transactions which is unheard of in any other country and i think uh, this will be a huge enabler to sort of uh, create a, an economy which is sustainable and uh, which will become a great way to sort of uh, create revenue for content creators, for content companies, for for uh, digital companies in general, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so I think I, I, I'm I'm a I'm very bullish about this. So uh, you know, feel free to answer this in case if this is within the purview of your uh, expertise. Uh, that D two C brands, which are uh, you know subscription based, or even for that matter, the the social media companies or mm-hmm. the journalistic companies, which are uh, subscription based yeah. companies. It's it's definitely such a, a phenomenal model because you can expect the revenue upfront and projections seem a lot more easier to project, right? I think I think yeah. from the business standpoint, obviously, it is so much more enduring to an investor as well. So I completely get that point. Hmm. The other part of the entrepreneurs hat is that, and 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 I talk more from the creator standpoint right now because a lot of creators are going directly D to C, right? Like if if there's a YouTuber yeah. out there, mm-hmm. um, it's very easy for them to reach out to their TG. And literally monetize their own brand, whatever that is. In terms of subscription, particularly, uh, are there any key tenets that you've observed, either in terms of behavior, either in terms of uh, traction? Is there is there any data point or just general observations around how is it that someone can actually build sustainable uh, subscription based businesses? Right, interesting question. I think um, I will try to answer it in like a couple of points so one mm-hmm. is i feel um, as i said like i think the the models which which work in in other markets may or may not be that uh, scalable in india i think mm-hmm. let, let's say recurring credit card payment link subscription uh, approach right which i think is the most widely used approach by uh, a lot of global companies in western countries mm-hmm. i think that will have limited uptake in india I think uh, so. While there will be a certain segment of, uh, of you know users would be okay to do it, a lot of people may not be okay to do it. So I think that needs to be relooked at, and maybe you know there could be learnings from other industries. So for example, could there be sachet-sized transactions that we could we could start doing, right? So mm-hmm. and I think a lot of traction is already seen in certain segments. So gaming, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Or within mm-hmm. YouTube, you see you see a lot of creators now sort of. Uh, earning because of that micro payment opportunity right, right? which is right. which is a which i feel is the is probably the right approach to take for a, for for scaling up online subscription based revenue approach and i think that's going to be so so with upi the ease of paying is already happened um and and i think once we, once there is a um, maybe pay per use kind of approach in certain cases or let's say um a, a wallet Sort of uh, to make, let's say, create a uh, create a certain amount of money that goes into a wallet, and then then just take money from that kind of a thing per per usage. I think so. Those kind of innovative models maybe will have to start, um, you know, start appearing for for it to start working. But I think I feel there is a definite need to create smaller transaction approach, and and with uh, with UPI that's going to be possible. So and and looking at in India as a different perspective than this just using the tried and tested models of, of Western countries. I don't know if mm, I answer so, your question, but like, that's what I feel is it's essentially have to be relooked at from an India perspective. 
Sure, sure. So uh, probably I think one of the things that I'm also thinking about is that uh, D2C businesses, uh, which are subscription based, are, are businesses that can build a behavior of sorts or change a behavior of sorts. Um, mm. And let's say when I'm thinking about a lot of these Instagram influencers and YouTubers, so one thing that stands out to me is like the beauty category, right? And when I think yeah. about that, uh, when they talk about these wonderful boxes that come in, mm. It, it really sort of is every month you get a new subscription model, new new set of products in your in your uh, house and mm-hmm. that sort of builds an engagement. So I'm possibly also thinking from that angle when I asked you that question that would there be any, you know, tenets or observation. But but I think from the uh, payment standpoint, I think that's that's a very, very, uh, very yeah. important point. And the friction that it has reduced uh, yeah. and uh, ease of buying uh, has, has, you know, uh, increased tremendously. I, I tell you one small nuance I would just say that about uh, and this is something which we've observed is that uh, I mean India is as we all know is a very uh, Indian consumers are very uh, value conscious. I don't mm. think we are price conscious we are value conscious right. Uh, so I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. The second part I think is the fact that Indian consumers are not very open to just um, giving something on a recurring basis. I think that's the that's where the fundamental shift uh, needs to happen from from the approach. So I, I like you said, this monthly subscription, let's say a box coming to you every month. Now, why would someone commit to a recurring payment for something he or she doesn't know what's going to come next two, three months, right? I think okay. so So if they see something valuable, they will probably buy then and there and they pay for it. And I think that's that's where the fundamental shift may happen because I think the fact that there is a recurring payment is in my view a lazy approach in India. <laughs> I think is it? Indians, okay, interesting. Yeah, okay. in my view, this is this is I'm, I. It's just my view because I feel like that's prob- Indians will not put a blind faith into something saying okay. Um, and when I say Indians, I mean a, a wider majority. I'm saying I'm sure there will be some people who would be wanting to do that, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but but I feel like there is a vast majority of Indians who will not put it put a faith into something which is okay. Next six months, I'll pay X amount of money. Uh, for something that will come to me, but I don't know when will it come and what will come to me. So, mm. so I think that's, I feel like that's a fundamental sort of disconnect. So you think that, are you talking in terms of, okay, an Indian consumer wants certainty with their money and this is what I'm getting in return. Is that what you're hinting at? Exactly. Yes. And if I like, if, if the Indian consumer likes something then and there, they will pay for it then and there. Um, and, uh, but, but not necessarily commit for something for long term. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm also curious to know, once you uh, deal with these entrepreneurs at the scale that they are at, uh, they are not typically startup founders, right? They have become very, very mature companies. Um, And the company founders that you deal with, uh, are there there these three, four observations that you've made about them, about what drives them? What are the key qualities that really are inspiring? Yeah, Um, I think I've been fortunate enough to like, you know, uh, work with some of the, some of the best, as I was saying in the world. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say that first and first, foremost, I think the, the purpose and the mission, I think they, they truly believe in that. Like they truly believe in the fact that, um, you know, they are there to like make, a some sort of a remarkable difference in, 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 in their life. Right. Like in, in, and I think that's a big, um, sort of, um, big thing to kind of start on. I think the, the fact that they are, they believe in their mission, their purpose, um, and they are, uh, they're willing to sort of almost, um, 
give their entire life to uh, behind that. And I think that's one big, uh, very inspiring sort of uh, starting point in my view. The second part is, I think, the clarity of thinking and clarity of the narrative that they build around their product, which is, I think, super interesting. I think Indian founders can learn a lot from, uh, I would say, some of the global uh, counterparts is the fact that just making sure that what they stand for and saying that in such a simple, um, I would say, manner and repeating that over and over again, like I think is so important uh, because just the, the clarity of thinking and the narrative is just makes a whole lot of difference. And, and that inspires not only the investors, it inspires their, uh, you know, the, their colleagues and uh, their consumers, I would say. Right. So I think um, that's another very important uh, aspect and and the could, th- you, could you give an example of this because this sounds very interesting and 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 to contextualize it in our context uh for the indian entrepreneurs i'm curious to know thought on this like i'd love to hear a couple of examples from this yeah sure so i think um for example i think um you know let's say uh uber right i mean uber is in a business of mobility right and it's in a business of disrupting mobility now Long back, like even before they introduced so many uh, services like Uber Eats or, you know, uh, uh, other sort of services that they have offered over the years, uh, even before that, like they, this is the mission that they started on, right? And that mission and that sort of clarity in thinking and that sort of communication that they kept on having across the board, um, I think has been just very, very Big, that's played a big role and has been instrumental in uh, you know them having entered so many markets successfully and having disrupted so many industries and of course having created such a massive value for for the consumers and their their own uh, stakeholders so i think that's just one example uh, similarly let's say airbnb also um, just the fact that they were uh, their 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 thinking uh, and framing around how they're going to be, um, you know, entering the hospitality business uh, and, mm-hmm. and how they're going to change that whole industry. I think that's, that has been super, um, you know, important to sort of let, you know, shape their company. And that also helped them navigate through, let's say, a Black Swan event, event like, you know, pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. COVID happened. I mean, uh, Airbnb was probably one of the worst hits in the in the initial couple of months, I would say, or a quarter or so. But then they quickly pivoted uh, because of the clarity of thinking that they had and what business they were in. Um, and they introduced many products, um, including, let's say, virtual experiences and so on and so forth. And then, of course, mm. they introduced products like uh, long-term stay, which now I think uh, they have recovered better than than, than most others, uh, you know, players in the, uh, in the hospitality business. So... I think this sort of a clarity in thinking and narrative building, which just makes their um, business more um, sharper and at the same time um, just helps them navigate scenarios which are unseen uh, in, in, in many ways, right? Hmm. hmm. Interesting. So uh, would it also mean that uh, if they have a message and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm absorbing this correctly, that uh, whatever message that you have, the central theme has to be understood and kept on repetitively uh, sort of spoken at opportunities or through whatever media that they have and amplify yeah. that message. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. Exactly. That's pre- exact, precisely what I'm saying. 
Okay. Okay. See, other states, states, I would say that, I mean, um, you know, the many, many smaller ones, but I would say the third one would be just the fact that, um, you know, ability to take the, the product and just focus on, see, see the one of the most uh, easiest thing that in an entrepreneur's life is to get distracted. <laughs> uh, That's very true. There, there is so much that can come to your way and there is so much that will uh that can that that can look very interesting right so ability to sort of triage and um ability to say no to things which could be distracting so again just staying focused on on the mission and making sure that um saying no to things at the at the time when it should be uh, to make sure that this is the most important act you know item that they want to sort of deal with i think that has been uh, another great learning, at least personally, that I have seen, because um, you know, as I and and this is true not only like at a global level, but India, it's even more important, right? Like in India, there will be so many opportunities that start popping up, and India can be a very busy market to sort of operate in. So, so learn to say no to things which are not high priority is a is a very important learning that at least I have taken. Oh, this is such a great point. And I'm, and I'm thinking about this loud because uh, the shiny object syndrome is is what exactly what you've mentioned as uh, a classic problem. Because I think when entrepreneurs are facing or let's say being inundated with opportunities, I think there is a very good chance that you want to, you know, latch on to that. And I think it makes complete sense. I think when you are small, the resources are far lesser. You are spreading yourself too thin. And I can only imagine only imagine that when you probably grow into the scale that you are at uh, with the companies that are dealing with the amount of opportunities coming your way must be ridiculous yeah exactly exactly and these these decisions have to be taken at so many levels right so uh, i mean if if you were to put yourself in the shoes of let's say someone at uh, uber or airbnb or uh, coursera like um, the, basically like they have to decide like segments to enter to a you know geography to focus on uh to uh to 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 decide between you know the the user growth and revenue streams and all of that like there can be so many such decisions um and i think just staying focused is probably the single most important thing that they they do uh and that decides uh you know between success and failure so is there, uh, you know, a filtering mechanism that you've observed and, and feel free to even chime in with your example as well, that uh, how is it that you filter opportunities? Uh, how is it that you filter important decisions in your personal life as well? And maybe with the people that you've worked with that you uh, feel inspired by? Sure, I think uh, my my personal philosophy that I bring to the table in even at work is like less is more. Um, I think just stay... Uh, identifying quickly identifying i would say uh the most impactful and strategically uh aligned you know areas is what i i like to like to focus on and that's what i tell my team as well so um just being making sure to understand like just what is it that would move the needle uh at a, at a big picture level right just take a step back in, in, in any scenario and just mm -hmm. understand what is it that's going to move the needle um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, creating um, impact and then just go with that. So for example, um, you know, one, let's say, let's take an example of uh, Headspace. I think Headspace is a, has been a partner for almost two years. Um, mm -hmm. There were many, many 
opportunities that came our way to within last let's say two years of specifically during the pandemic uh, there were many many uh, opportunities many partnerships that uh, we got approached by they basically were i would say uh, very good to have like most of them were like reputed companies or let's say reputed organizations uh, who wanted to sort of partner with headspace um, but uh, we we sort of uh, tried to triage and navigate through them and picked i would say a few opportunities out of them which we believed were very very um, crucial for us to sort of create that initial mark so we we ended up doubling around in two 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 segments one segment mm-hmm. was the student segment and we partnered with i would say the tier 1 universities in india and we rolled out this program for for students to sort of help them you know sample headspace and use headspace because we believe that in 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 the batch of 2020 were students were probably the worst affected uh, uh, and we wanted to sort of stay you know give them something to to make sure that they could use some help during these difficult times to kind of navigate so that was mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and during the second wave of pandemic we we partnered with um, uh, you know healthcare authorities to to offer uh, healthcare workers with with headspace uh, subscription mm-hmm. again something we believe uh, uh, mm-hmm. was was a very very crucial time for them to sort of utilize that so um, i think so we we kind of picked two out of maybe you know 20 that came our way um and then of course we waited for the right time for for to to make a big bang brand launch that happened uh, which 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 took place like roughly 30 days back and i think all of these you know things have been very very crucial for us to uh, make sure that we don't uh, distract ourselves we do not uh, necessarily take away too much bandwidth of a limited bandwidth that that our global team may have at the same time just create a high impact touch points which will which will make sure that it it kind of uh, creates a uh, uh, the right noises in the market and at the same time uh, uh, you know creates the right community engagement with the right set of people at the right time interesting so i want to circle back to this time when you were with twitter and uh, twitter is now all the news all thanks to elon musk's stake of 9.2% um which is become greater than the founder jack dorsey uh you've worked with twitter and i'm curious to know what's your personal take uh on this major passive stake by elon musk well there's never a dull moment at twitter let me tell you that <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal uh, company i i just am a, you know i i'm a huge fan of whatever twitter does and uh, but at the same time yes there's never a dull moment so i'm not at all surprised by something like this happening um i feel that it's a it's an interesting um, interesting move um i i'm i think there is a something good will come out of this again uh, i'm an optimist in all all things uh, you know technology and everything so i think there is going to be a, a good uh, positive momentum that will build i i've seen twitter evolve over a period of time as a product as a company and i think this might fast track some of that right um, i think just having a, having someone like elon musk i think is a is just a very um very i would say it might fast track changes it may fast fast track direction mm. changes right i think there is also uh there could be more things 
happening in the crypto web3 space probably um of course there is a debate about uh, uh i would say the free speech and all that which i think as, as twitter i would say the uh, you know the company is so the, the it's if the processes internally are so robust mm-hmm. and um, i don't think like changes like these would affect those aspects i think okay. i think those okay. those will remain pretty much intact i think uh, and they are very used to like you know uh, environmental pressures or whatever right i mean they they don't hmm. get distracted by the team is very professional and i think they the, they they don't get distracted by like external factors so much so i think they will continue to stay on mission on the the core but i think at a at a very big picture level there could be directional changes for the good so i am very very positive about the, that moment interesting um so uh, are there are there like some three four apps that you just cannot do without i mean twitter is just the number one example of course like, i was expecting always, the number one answer to be twitter always glued into <laughs> twitter <laughs> uh i think that's one uh the second is i would say i mean in india you can't do without whatsapp right everything is hmm. whatsapp uh and then slack is the other one i think because again similar to whatsapp but then all things professional happen on uh on on slack which is again we use very very uh often um yeah i guess these are like very boring answers but that <laughs> these are the that's the reality um what else anything interesting outside of the like i i do i do use um you know some of our i mean all our partner uh, mm-hmm. you know apps so obviously i'm constantly like checking them out and you know seeing what's happening obviously i use headspace right uh <laughs> very very often uh i think right. i i've developed a taste for headspace okay. i would say uh okay. especially i think during pandemic it was super helpful so i think i'm very very uh grateful for all the cool things that that's there on the platform and i think they the headspace platform also has uh diversified its its offering so i think i i personally love the the platform interesting interesting and uh, how was that you unwind my unwinding is you know basically on on weekends i try to sort of uh, work out a bit i have started mm-hmm. doing that again picked up the habit in pandemic i love to walk which i've been doing for many years now uh, mm-hmm. walking is the is a is a very very big uh, mental and physical sort of um, you know unwinding exercise for me mm-hmm. and then um, i would say i i just like consume content <laughs> that's probably the <laughs> like all forms of content from podcasts to uh video content to twitter <laughs> tweets <laughs> basically clearly so so it's a it's a very it's a lot of that is what i would do on like unwinding and i ask this question the next one uh, because i'm i'm a voracious reader are you are you a reader as yourself as well so i am not so much into like reading fiction uh but i do uh, i do basically latch onto anything and everything on like internet uh, like articles and 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 stories so i i do read a lot but mm-hmm. not like in the in the traditional like fiction books format yeah yeah so i'm i'm a heavy non fiction reader i mean i don't think i'm a fiction reader uh, it's only when i've probably read like maybe two books in my lifetime if it's fiction but it's it's i think it's 100% non fiction for me um but we'll thank you very much for a great conversation it's been so fun chatting with you thank you so much hardik uh, great chatting with you and uh, wish you all the best for your podcast and yeah looking forward to uh, many more coming in future 
If you enjoyed this episode of Jamsters, please make sure you subscribe to EP Log Media and all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, GeoSavan, Gaana, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, among many others, for upcoming episodes. You know, I love listening from each one of you. So please make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family and your colleagues. And please make sure to drop a comment on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And also, if you're listening on Epilog Media, they've recently launched a feature where you can comment on the particular episode too. Your support is my fuel. You can connect with me on Instagram at the rate Hardik Devadya or on LinkedIn too. Catch you on the other episode.